Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hi again, welcome back to Wade into Wealth. We are talking about interest rates again. Feels like that's been one of the major pieces in the news lately and and doing this podcast in reaction to the Federal Reserve's uh, latest meeting and announcement that they're not raising interest rates right now. We're going to keep things as they are, holding it in their back pocket that they're expecting to raise interest rates uh, one more time. Before we kind of go into the winners and losers and, and, and what does this mean, can, can you, Ethan, put that into some simplified terms? What does it mean, again, when the, when the Federal Reserve makes a decision regarding interest rates? What are they trying to do? They're trying to control inflation. Okay. Which are or is or are the increases that we're seeing for goods, regardless of whether it's a supermarket, at a department store, at an auto store. Um, what stuff our, costs? Yeah. Everything costs more than it did. And so the only tool that the Federal Reserve, because prices all come down to supply and demand. The Federal Reserve has zero control over the supply curve mm-hmm. or the supply chain, but they the only item that they can control are interest rates. And their hope is that by increasing or having interest rates being higher, that it will decrease demand and as such bring that supply and demand curve back in line so that the growth in prices will slow from from what we've seen. They don't want inflation to get out of control. This is what's known as monetary policy. This you is may hear monetary that policy. To, yeah. That's like economics 101, but and you'll often specifically called tightening monetary policy where they are trying to tighten up the money supply that's out there and control demand in a in a negative way almost. I mean it's not it's a negative to create a positive, but what they're essentially trying to do is make stuff make borrowing money harder make it cost more to take out a mortgage or an auto loan or a line of credit in the hopes that people will stop, will slow down. They're not going to stop, but that, that people will, I mean, the housing market is the best example of this. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, the housing market was completely irrational around the country. People were overpaying 20 to 30% more for homes because one interest rates were incredibly low. Some people had some more cash on hand. And a lot of people, frankly, felt the walls of their house tightening in the pandemic. Housing prices rose significantly. And now as interest rates have risen, fewer people are buying homes because it now costs you seven and a quarter percent. Latest data was 7.3% for a 30-year mortgage, which is the most expensive it's been in 30 years. So fewer people are now looking to go out and buy a house. And what it's done in, in a really... It's not that it's a unique way. This will probably seem kind of obvious. Um, but it's taken folks who were in the market to buy a five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar home. Mm-hmm. It hasn't taken them out of the market. It has just dropped them down to now that interest rates are above seven percent and double what they were eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. they no longer can afford a five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar home. Now they're looking at a two hundred fifty, three hundred, yep. three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home as being in their price range. And it's, in a way, in some areas, going to create more competition with those houses in that price point because you're bringing more buyers into that specific space. Mm-hmm. 
but you're having much less buyers in the half a million and up real estate uh, yeah. home values because yeah. it's just not affordable for people anymore. And so that is, in a nutshell, kind of what monetary policy is and what the Federal Reserve has been trying to accomplish, but trying to accomplish it in a way that they don't raise interest rates so much that it throws us into a recession. It's a very fine line of doing that. Uh, absolutely. And what's interesting about it is that it's important to know that when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it's not an immediate impact to controlling demand. No. It is an immediate impact that the banks will charge you more for your mortgage. They'll charge you more for your auto loan. But it takes months to see that this change that we just did to see if it's doing what we want it to do, it takes them a period of time. So they're making these decisions and hoping that they're not overcorrecting so much to send our economy into a deep recession. And that's why you may hear people talking about a soft landing where they're trying to thread the needle and do this and to control demand and bring inflation down without causing a very steep recession. Without causing large unemployment, yep. businesses having to lay yep. people off. Um, and, and yeah, soft landing is the term. We've heard it from Janet Yellen. We've heard it from Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed. We've heard that time and time again. All they're really trying to do is, say, hey, we're trying to find the sweet spot here. Mm -hmm. It's a very narrow sweet spot. The irony is, is that we won't know if it's worked until we know it's if it's worked. Meaning, yeah. we have to look back in the past and say, all right, well, six months ago, the Federal Reserve took this action, or three months ago, is it working? It appears to be working. Mm -hmm. So they have said now, all right, it appears to be working. Unemployment numbers are not rising significantly to the point where you'd say, hey, we could be moving towards a recession because more and more people are out of work. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, stuff does still cost more. If you go out yeah, a to lot eat, more. you'll notice, yeah. Uh, yeah, things cost more. So I think what the Federal Reserve kind of did was it gave it gave a, a, a non-answer, essentially, of what they're going, what's happening going forward in that they're buying themselves some time and saying, look, we're not going to do anything now. We may still do something later on. We may raise interest rates one more time before the end of the year. And, oh, by the way, when we stop raising interest rates, we probably aren't going to start bringing them down immediately. They gave a non-answer that allows them flexibility to adjust in a way that people would perceive as a positive sign, meaning it's a lot easier for them to say, we're going to keep rates higher, we might raise again, and then not do that, than it is to say, yep, we're done, this has worked, we don't need to raise rates anymore, and then three months from now have to completely change course and raise rates, it, sh it would show then that it's, it's not, they're not in control anymore. And that would be very much a negative surprise if they basically declared victory and then had to go back on that statement. It's a lot easier to take an out and not declare anything and just say, yeah, it's going to be more of the same. And they can adjust as more data comes in. As parents, both you and I, I am starting to see the analogy where you know, the girls say, hey, could we go out for ice cream later tonight? Or could we go, can we go do something that we want to do? And I'm not ready no, to say. absolutely right, not. Right, you could say <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I'm also, not, I don't want to say no, but I'm also not ready to say yes. Not ready to commit. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, 
Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll I'll talk to, to your, mo- your mother that, about but it. But you know what? That depends on some factors. And that could be, whereas for a child, it means, well, that depends on how you behave yeah. between now and then. But it also depends on, hey, do these plans that we might have, do they fall through? Yep. Do we end up going to the neighbor's house for the barbecue or does that not happen? Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, then yeah, we can do it, but I'm not ready to commit yet. Yeah. It's not that different. No, it's very similar. I mean, it's setting expectations. It's completely setting expectations. And it's the same regardless of the situation that, that you apply it to. You'd rather the surprise that you make be a positive, right. one that is viewed positively as opposed to the opposite of that. And I think that that's the exact position that the Federal Reserve is doing in terms of setting expectations for everybody right now. And it's not a surprise. Like they've said, we're going to keep rates higher for longer. Right. That's not new. They've said that pretty much every single time they've come out. But again, it's a lot easier to say, no, we think things are getting better, so we're not going to be raising anymore, as opposed to you know having, having the flip side of that. And so if you're a home buy, potential home buyer or somebody looking at making a potential large purchase, what you might want to start paying attention to is what's called the neutral rate and what mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve is projecting that to be. The neutral rate is equilibrium, is yep. where supply and demand are equal. And again, this is not something you can put into a formula and say, well, the neutral rate is interest rates being at 3.5%. Yep. But it's kind of one of those things that when you see it, you know that you're seeing it. Right. And so... What the neutral rate likely is, is the point where the Federal Reserve has decided we can stop raising interest rates. Maybe we can lower them, but where inflation is not out of control, but unemployment is also under control. Yep. Again, this is a reading of the tea leaves, but it may be the case that the neutral rate is going to remain higher for a while into the future. Yeah. I mean, it's also being compared. We look at interest rates today. And we've kind of been lulled into this severely low interest rate environment Mm -hmm. ever since 2008. I mean, before 2008, the neutral interest rate was between four and four and a half percent. In 2019, it was two and a half percent. Right now, it's five and a quarter around there. Mm -hmm. So are we going back to two and a half percent? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it settles somewhere three, four Now, on the surface, it seems like, wow, that's so much higher than it's been. Well, yeah, it's higher than it's been. But over a long-term historical track record, it's not overwhelmingly much higher than it has been over a longer period of time. Well, it's higher than it's been in many years. But before this, it was also significantly lower than it was. And so we're kind of finding an equilibrium here. And this is where there there is some conjecture. There is some projection making. But if there... You know, and, and many people have different things. I was reading an article today and it had a great saying in that when it comes to interest rates, they take the stairway, they often take the stairway up and the elevator down and saying actually in, in other cases when the Federal Reserve has tried to bring rates down slowly, it hasn't necessarily worked, but that remains to be seen. But that is where we can kind of transition to, well, in the current scenario, who are the winners and the losers, or maybe losers isn't the right term, but who benefits the most and who benefits the least from the current scenario and what the Federal Reserve said most recently? The easy one is home home buyers are not winners right now. I mean, anyone looking to borrow money, whether you're borrowing yeah. money with a credit card, you're getting a loan for a vehicle, you're getting a mortgage for a house, you're 
getting a home equity line of credit, anyone borrowing money right now at a time when interest rates are at the highest they've been in more than a decade, 15 years? Uh, yeah. Longer than that, I mean, possibly? significantly longer than that. Um, the 30-year mortgage is higher than it's been in the last 30 years. Yeah, so obviously not ideal. Right. But I think it's easy to walk away from this and think that the Federal Reserve raising interest rates is bad for everybody. Well, it's not necessarily bad for if you have your mortgage paid off or you're just not in the market for borrowing money right now. You got a mortgage a couple years ago at 3%. It's not changing the mortgage rate that you have right now. It will have an impact on variable rates. That's your credit cards, maybe a home equity line of credit. But if you're a retiree and you have a lot of your debt paid off, you actually benefit from higher interest rates because for the sure. first time in a while, certificates of deposits, CDs, bonds, fixed income type of investments have much more attractive rates of interest that they're paying on an annual basis than we've seen since, oh God, I mean, more than a decade. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your true fixed income investors are winners in this scenario and certainly yep. benefit. So who doesn't benefit? I would say banks. In a lot yeah. of cases. And and the reason is, is that banks, even though you can look and say, well, they're charging me more for that mortgage, they're charging me more for that home equity line of credit. Yeah, they absolutely are. But their profit margins are way down. Banks benefit from the, the lower interest rates go, the better, because there is a they can profit more when interest rates are lower. Especially because they're having to offer better... Savings rates, better CD rates, better whatever income it is that their interest they're paying their their customers, they have to compete with all the other options that are in the marketplace right now, and they can't just keep the interest rates low because their deposits are going to go out the door to other options that are going to generate right. their clients, their customers more interest. Right, and it's simple as this: is if you look at a bank when rates, you know, a couple of years ago when they were paying you half a percent at best on your savings, but then they're lending that money out on a mortgage at even three percent. Mm -hmm. Well, they're making a profit of two and a half percent. Yep. Versus now, if they're having to pay you, you know, in some cases, CD rates now are over five percent. In many cases, if they're having to pay you five percent. And they turn around and they're lo loaning that out at 7%, their, their profit margin is lower. Mm -hmm. And so banks tend to struggle in this scenario. The other one I would say is stu student loan borrowers. Um, uh, yeah. Especially if it's a private student loan. Yep. Because, you know, federal student loans do have more attractive rates, but in most cases, student loan borrowers need to go to the private sector to get additional loans. And right now, when I looked yesterday, the average rate on a private student loan was advertised between 4 and 12%. I don't know any private student loan that's being issued at 4%. Oh, I'm sure it's not. The They're going to be a lot closer to those double-digit numbers. Yeah. And so borrowers, look, borrowers in general are going to incur higher costs. Yep. Uh, fixed income investors, yeah, you win in this case. And the other thing is that it's, it's, it's changing a lot of the conversations that we're having with clients in the case of someone client recently I talked to, they have a mortgage, they're looking to pay it off. Their mortgage is at three and a quarter percent. And they're saying, we'd really like to pay it off. And the conversation pivoted to you're at three and a quarter percent in your mortgage. You may still benefit from investing that money because the difference on what you could earn versus what it costs you is significant. Interesting. I'm sorry, go ahead. If you're at a 7% mortgage. Yeah, it's a different conversation. It's a we, different conversation. We haven't had to, you know, for a while it was don't buy that house outright. Turn around and invest that money right. because the rate is so low that you can, over time, 
have the potential for a much better return and have your money working more efficiently to have it invested. When you're looking at a seven and a quarter percent interest rate, that's an entirely different conversation where, yeah, maybe it is better to have that paid off, not take out a loan right now. And in some cases, we're going to use some of your investments to cover that. So you're not paying a rate of interest that's above what we anticipate your annual return should look like. Or if you are taking out a loan, we're going to accelerate the schedule of paying it down, mm-hmm. yep. knowing that the interest cost is is going to be significant. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot to digest with this, and there is a significant impact, even though I think it can be hard to figure out when you see the Federal Reserve makes a statement, what does it mean for me? Yeah. There is an impact to you, and more so now than maybe in the past because it is going to increase your cost to borrow money. Yeah. Credit card companies also win. In this scenario. They do. Uh, Credit card companies also went. Interestingly enough, three years ago, we were in a position where credit card balance is at an all-time low. Mm -hmm. And now we're back at a point where credit card balance is at an all-time high. People are spending money again. People are spending money, but the problem is it's more expensive. But then you also have the interest rate that that adds on to that, which makes that a bigger problem. So, um, yeah, a lot to take in. Obviously something we will continue to monitor and um, try to help make sense of. And we do appreciate you being with us. This is Wade into Wealth. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities.